Talking Heads is brought to you by the SeatGeek app, the best way to find a great deal. Pay for your ticket and get to your seat. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase. We're also sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code TALKING at FanDuel.com to enter a risk-free tournament for up to 10 bucks. Kevin Durant says that the media treated Kobe Bryant like shit, that he's a legend, and we better recognize and yet all that's going to happen now and for the next six months is going to be a Kobe love-in. Are we the biggest hypocrites ever? Did we mistreat one of the 10 greatest players of all time? The short answer is no. And welcome to the latest edition of Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. It's cold here once again in New England. Mark Sturt is in Washington. Hello, Mark. Hello, Bram. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's not that warm here either. I, I think we're going to be saying that for the next few months. I will, yeah, the next 80 years. All right, <laughs> finally, the weather is back to where it should be. I want to yes. talk about Kobe Bryant. This, this, uh, at, at the time of this taping, this happened yesterday that Kobe Bryant announced that this indeed will be his last year. And anyone who has seen him play this year, which hasn't been very much, knows that the time has come for Kobe. And, and this is finally, it's a superstar who is recognizing, and it's probably a year too late, but he is recognizing that his body can't handle the rigors of it any longer, and he is getting out. I want to address first not only how he did this and and who he was and his legacy and all of that, but this idea that Kevin Durant put out there that we treated him like shit. Do, do you get the sense now as he is walking out the door, and forget all the pomp and circumstance that's going to surround his exit from the game, because there's going to be a lot of love for him in every circle and from the media as well for having the career that he did. Do you think over the course of his career we actually mistreated him? I, I, I mean, I'm, try, I'm struggling to find the context within, you know, the, the Durant, it feels that he's been treated like crap. I mean, is it because he wasn't Jordan? And then in the rise of LeBron, because he wasn't LeBron, was it because of the legal troubles that, Le- that, that Kobe found himself in at one point in his career? I, I don't think he was ever given a backhanded treatment by the press. I think he was always celebrated as a great player. I mean, there was a lot of you know hype about him when he first came into the league that this guy could be the next great thing, and then he really fulfilled that. So... No, I don't think they went overboard with praising him. I, I mean, listen, it's easy for me to say we're in the media, but listen, I don't, I don't have a recollection of people slamming him all the time as like a whining guy or an overrated guy or not giving him enough respect. I mean, do you? No. Um, you know, there were periods of time, clearly, that like, I'm not sure the media was on his side in the Kobe Shaq feud, and I'm not really sure that they were on his side in the Kobe Phil feud, but... Never at any point in time did I think anyone underestimate his greatness. And the issue that he ran into in his career that a number of players did immediately following the shadow of Michael Jordan was he wasn't Michael Jordan. Right. And the hardest thing about him, um, I think, um, to really kind of put into context was he tried to be Michael Jordan for a period of time, especially early in his career. He obviously wanted to be Jordan. His manner of speech was like Jordan. He yes. acted like Jordan. He did and, and this is this is an 18-year-old kid who came in and obviously was a terrific player from the get and had very good teams at a very young age around him. And so he had the opportunity to win very quickly and be the star on the teams that win very quickly. And I think there was this sense about him that he was trying to be Michael Jordan. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but so much so that he almost was like single white female Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, so, like you know, at, talking like him, yeah. acting like him. And so I think in, in a lot of ways that a lot of young people really just kind of don't know who they are inside. I'm not sure that Kobe Bryant knew exactly who he was other than he's a great basketball player who obviously thought he had the opportunity to be the greatest basketball player and early in his career was displaying the aspects almost subconsciously of the greatest basketball player, the guy he grew up admiring. It was weird. I remember when you and I were working together in our bullpen at, at the radio station, Scott Jackson, who was part of We used to say we'd listen to those ads that we do or sound bites, and you're like, is he trying to sound like Michael Jordan? He sounds like he's doing an impersonation of Jordan. So I think there was a certain amount of that for him. And, and listen, that's totally understandable. And, and if people wanted to kill him for that, listen, nobody was ever going to be another Michael Jordan. And, and 
I think eventually he became his own player, uh, you know, his own person, and, and, and obviously he created his own legacy within the league. And I think nothing cemented that more. And, and you talked about it, or, or at least made reference to it, with the, you know, the Shaq-Kobe feud and the, and the Phil-Kobe stuff. You know, but when it all came, when it all was said and done, he was able to win five titles, and he won two of those on his own. And, and I think that helped him, you know, away from Shaq. And I think that sort of helped cement his legacy. I know he felt – I think he always wanted to get that number six so he would have as many as Jordan. But, listen, five is, five is more than Larry Bird got. I mean, this guy is one of the all-time great players. And I think once, once he got out of the direct shadow of Jordan, I think he really blossomed into the guy that he became. And got out of the shadow of Shaq. Um, he did not like sharing the spotlight with Shaq. Shaq was older. Shaq was going to get a tremendous amount of credit because he was the most dominant big man in the game at the time. And while Kobe was equally as important for those early championships, he didn't like the fact that he wasn't perceived as the Jordan of the team. You know, it was Jordan and Scotty, but Scotty was always the number two. He was yes. the Robin. You know, there was no Batman or Robin necessarily here. Both of them wanted to be Batman, and both of them played claim to being Batman, and both of them wanted immaturely to be the star and put the other one in their place, which is why these two who should have played for 10, 15 years together only played for the period of time that they did. And I think there was a rift there and Phil Jackson got sick of it. And when he retired the first time he wrote a book and said, Kobe Bryant's a pain in the ass. So it (laughs) opened up this whole Pandora's box of who is actually Kobe Bryant. But at no point in time do I think the media covered him unfairly or tried to lessen his legacy or tried to portray him as not the next greatest player since Michael Jordan in the league and the one that bridged the gap between him and LeBron, who is the greatest player in the league right now. So I'm off on Durant. I, I, I think, and I just want to say this is a tangent about Durant because he could be, you know, among, he is one of the top two or three players in the league right now. And as LeBron gets a little bit older and hopefully Durant gets healthier and his teams mature more, there's an opportunity for him to start winning potentially some championships. He could kind of be that next player but he does not have at least in my estimation a relationship with the media that the real mega stars seem to have kobe has that through thick and thin with the media and you mentioned the legal troubles he seems to have maintained some kind of balance and a relationship with the media michael jordan didn't like the media but he maintained a a relationship with the media charles barkley had a relationship magic johnson had a really good one because he was so gregarious and easygoing Larry Bird had a, a similarly odd relationship with the media. He just didn't like talking or sharing or opening up to people, but he had a relationship with them. This is the fourth or fifth occurrence over the last couple of years where Durant has kind of openly suggested that the media is a bunch of douchebags that are out to get people <laughs> and has basically described it as just a distrustful nation of people who are prodding and poking into things that are probably not their business and don't know what they're talking about. And he has gone out of his way to chide the media. And like Kobe, I don't think the media has not has done some kind of disservice to him. In fact, I all I hear in general about Kevin Durant is how great he is. Right. That he hasn't ascended to a Jordan level or a Kobe level, for that matter, or a LeBron level, but we're all suggesting he is one of the best players in the league. And I'd say the media is fairly friendly to him, despite the fact that he has this disdain for it. I think Kobe, as he grew older, got away from Shaq, realized what life is like when you don't have really good teammates around you, got that team assembled around him again, got comfortable in his own skin to become Kobe Bryant and not I'm Michael Jordan Kobe Bryant, but he became his own person, Kobe Bryant. I believe that he started to have that relationship with the media where he was comfortable in his own skin. Durant's not there yet, and that's actually scary to me that Durant doesn't seem to understand his place in the game right now. You're right, and you know what's even more interesting when you think about the fact that with Kobe leaving the Lakers next year and Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent, Los Angeles is going to have a lot of money, and they like getting those star players. Now, I know there's a lot of rumors that, well, maybe he's going to come back to Washington where he's from, but wouldn't you think it would be interesting if Durant wound up as the next great player on the Los Angeles Lakers? I don't and, think he's going to do it based on his relationship with the media. I don't so you think, think he can handle a big market. I don't you, think he can handle that kind of spotlight. He's having a hard enough time handling being in Oklahoma City. Well, I don't think he can handle being in a place like that. Well, the, the spotlight is pretty pretty right in Oklahoma City, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
if if the the money is, I suppose the money would be equal no matter where he wanted to go. Yes. But if you want to be, if in your mind's eye you say, I want to be the next great thing, I want to be that, on that pedestal for my sport, particularly in basketball, Los Angeles is where you have to go, and specifically to the Lakers. And if he wants to be that guy, then that's where he goes. And if he doesn't want to chase that, then maybe, you know, he shrinks from the spotlight and he shrinks from the media. You're right. He does not have a good relationship with the media at all. No. And maybe he feels like if he came back to D.C., if that's, in, in fact, what he does end up doing, then that he would get a little bit more slack from the media or wouldn't have, like, to deal with a lot of harshness from the hometown folks. But but I don't I don't know. Uh, it's... It seems it seems to come out of left field when he says that the media has treated Kobe so poorly because with everything that has gone on with him, I think throughout it all, there has been a lot of respect and a lot of handling that with dignity throughout his career. Well, I think Kobe wanted to be canonized, and, and unfortunately it doesn't work that way. And it, because he made a decree early in his career that he wanted to be the next Jordan and acted like the next Jordan, he brought some of it onto himself. I, mean, I, you know, these, I understand that, that like these guys are covered daily. Every word they, they, they say publicly is parsed, everything. And I get that, and I understand that, that it's hard being who these guys are on some level. It's hard. But we're not in the business of canonizing people. That's not what we do. You know, like we are there to cover it through thick and thin. So when Kobe has a bizarre rift with the other great player in the league and refuses to be able to play with him, that is a big story. And we may take sides and some people may give their opinion on it, but they're not going to sit there and suggest that like, oh, this guy's always right or everything he does is always right. That's not what we do for a living. We cover we cover the league as it should be covered. And I think in general, the coverage of Kobe Bryant has been fair. There is one other aspect of this I want to get to that I thought was really interesting that, that he did his retirement on the Players Tribune, which is now a growing medium for big name athletes to come out and make whatever announcement they want in an unfiltered version. And Kobe did it in poet form, which I thought was really interesting because man, I wish I left ESPN and did it in a poem. You know, like <laughs> I just now I'm like, wow, I missed a, I missed a real opportunity there to do a haiku. About why I was leaving my position, or like, I, like how all these other players need to like now need to do it in rockabilly. Like, there's got to be some kind of way of exiting out now. But the Players Tribune is an interesting form and a growing form. And I think, I think Kobe's an investor in it. If I'm if I'm wrong about that, I apologize. But I think he is. And if that's the case, then clearly there's reason for him financially to that's where to put his thing out there because it gets the players tribune a tremendous amount of attention tremendous amount of clicks to the point where when i saw this on twitter which was last night their site was down for 45 minutes it crashed because so many people had clicked on to try to check out what he was saying because clearly he was retiring um that it crashed their site last night for 45 minutes the players tribune is an interesting outlet um and i believe in it um the players like Durant, like Kobe through their career, like Jordan for that, for, for, for that matter, they like the idea of having a place where their words are going to be unfiltered. They can say what they want to say, how they want to say it. I think David Ortiz did it through. Did he do it through Players Tribune? I think he initially did it through Players Tribune as well to say that this would be his last baseball season coming up. And it gives them the opportunity to say exactly what they want to say, how they want to say it, whatever the editing process is. It's. I'm sure cleared through them. So there's no vetting of any of these things, but it gives them an opportunity to have a voice. And I do think there is a massive future in it for them. And I think seeing some of these superstars do it that way, I'm not so sure that the traditional media is not going to get bypassed many, many more times now if this outlet is going to be um, have the kind of, of carry and weight that this particular story had. I, th I think this is a sign of the times that traditional media is not going to get stories like these all the time any longer because traditional media does not offer them a forum like this one does. No, I, I think you're right. I think um, as, particularly because it's not like some middling player, you know, some guy be like, oh, yeah, what do you play for the Nuggets for a couple of years or something like that. I mean, you're talking about the superstars of these of these leagues and and the and with those when that kind of star power behind it then it, it really kind of dictates how things will, will happen in the future and 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 if these guys want to have an unfiltered 
forum where they can say what they want, where they you know they feel like anything's going to be edited, and then they control all this, then then I think increasingly more players of that caliber, they're all going to be sort of driven to that. Um, and for the media, all they can do is monitor the Players' Tribune and sort of just parse it from there. Um, I, I, you know, Bram, I always find it amusing when you get all these players, and it happens all the time, players and coaches criticizing the media, criticizing the media. It's such an easy target, and maybe sometimes it's with some validity, but... You know, and then when they need something in their career, the first thing they do is they reach out to a media outlet and they want to yes. get their message out. And I'm like, you know, so we're the devil until you need us, you know, and then all of a sudden we're your best friend. Oh, God. And, I mean, how many of them end up working in the media? Today? Right. And oh, that, that's oh the my craziest God. Part of yeah. the whole thing. That's the craziest part of the whole thing. Like, uh, like Urban Meyer was was working at ESPN while I was there. Urban Meyer hates the media, chastises the media, <laughs> is terrible with the media. And there he was working for ESPN. And I'm sitting here going, I cannot believe we gave this guy a job. Yeah. You know, like I get why we did, but I can't believe we did it. Nick Saban's the opposite. Nick Saban may chastise the media, but he's actually very open with the media and actually uses the media and gives them things that they need and is accommodating actually with the media. Urban Meyer is not. Urban Meyer is the opposite of that. And yet there he was on the highest profile programs for ESPN, taking checks from them of a group that he in all likelihood despised for a long period of time. Kobe Bryant, you know, I don't know how he feels about it. I, I've said all along, he could be a great analyst because he oh, tells yeah. it like it is. He's a great communicator. He's very funny. I, I think he would be phenomenal on television if he chooses to do that. He has more money than God, though, so he doesn't need to do it. But the question, if he wanted to, I think he'd be phenomenal being a media member full time if he wanted to go in that direction. Oh, my God. Yeah, he'd be great. I mean, and again, an interesting <laughs> dynamic to that is we know what the best basketball analyst room is right now. And that's, you know, that's. Uh, the Rocket, it's uh, Barkley and Shaq. And you, can, you can't throw Kobe into that room because um, I, I, I'm guessing because of all the history between, with, between him and Shaq. But, boy, I'd love to see him with Barkley, man. That'd oh, be the terrific. all-time comeback would be Kobe gets the job and Shaq gets fired. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it would be amazing. Thing. Yeah. That would be the amazing final chapter to Kobe Shaq. Shaq got fired so Kobe could take his place in the yeah. studio show. It would be amazing. Yeah, that really would be wild. And, and you know what? Shaq is great, but I really, really want to see Kobe. And, I, I mean, there's nobody every, – every time you talk about a basketball analyst, I want it's like, well, I want to pair them with Barkley because Barkley's just the best. So it's like whoever you put him with. You know, is going to be great, but man, that would be fun. That would be the best. Yeah. Fire Shack. Fire, Fire Shack, Shack now. <laughs> Now that Kobe Bryant has announced his breakup with basketball, this season is your last shot to see him in person. Tickets are going fast, and when you use the SeatGeek app and my code TALKING, you get a check back for 20 bucks when you use the code TALKING. You download the SeatGeek app on your iPhone and Android. It is free. Then you search for your event, find the deal for you, enter our code TALKING, and when you complete your purchase, SeatGeek will send you a $20 check to your house. They pull in ticket options from hundreds of sellers online. They show you the best deals automatically. When you shop on SeatGeek, you're seeing virtually every ticket available for your event all on one page. You can customize your own filters or use deal scores like a heat map for seats. SeatGeek SeatGeek's app also makes the ticket buying process easy and safe. So to redeem your promo code and get your $20 check, download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code TALKING in the app. SeatGeek will then send you 20 bucks once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase for the NFL concerts and Kobe's last rodeo. Use the SeatGeek app and don't forget to enter our code TALKING. And welcome back to Talking Heads. Fred Weinstein in my Connecticut basement. Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. Did you watch Sunday Night Football last night where the Patriots lost for the first time this year? Oh, my God. Did I? And what a game that was. It had everything. It had, you know, bad officiating. It had weather. It had comebacks, overtime. I was utterly enthralled with that game. It was just fantastic. It's so fascinating that this is like we're gearing up for Peyton versus Tom again in the playoffs, and yet – the argument's going to be whether Peyton should be playing in it. That's oh, I don't, <laughs> unbelievable. That is unbelievable that that's happening right now. Honestly, and I know I'm not the only person to say this, so it's not like I'm going on a limb. I don't. I think Peyton's done. I don't think he throws a, unless Osweiler gets hurt. 
I don't think that Peyton throws another pass for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think he's going to do a push-come-to-shove situation with them. I think he'll let it go another week or two. And then, you know, then they'll be walking up towards the end of the season. And if they have a bye locked up, which is, you know, if they keep winning, which is surprising considering he's out and, and right. all the issues that they've had. And they kind of, they've kind of slid by a couple of these games. If they keep winning and they have a bye locked up, well, then they can rest him and then they don't have to make the decision until the second week of the playoffs. So that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But the most interesting thing about that game last night happened um, in the third quarter when NBC revealed that they have a really cool new toy. Um, It was snowing (laughs) in Denver. And so they showed, you know, on the field, it's snow cover. You can't tell where anybody is, which I always found kind of interesting in watching the game is I didn't know where anybody was. It was like right. hard to tell, is this a touchdown? Is it not? Did they get a first down? Who knows? You know, it's like impossible to know. That kind of made it fun. Well, NBC apparently can put digital virtual numbers on the field, and it was unbelievable. I seriously thought it looked like literally you were watching a video game last night. <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like an ass because I was watching it, and I guess I just subconsciously saw it. Did they did they announce that they were doing that, or you just that? that oh, I was hoping there. you would say I was so high I didn't even <laughs> notice that those were fake numbers well, on Denver's field. Well, actually, that was true too. <laughs> <laughs> I, was I was on so Molly high. last night, and I couldn't believe what I saw. <laughs> These numbers just kept floating into the sky in Denver. <laughs> No, I uh, I feel like an ass for not even not even saying. I was just so caught up in like the game itself. I didn't uh, I didn't, <laughs> and I was pretty baked. So you know what can I tell you? It was uh, it, sometimes TV does things that it just doesn't work. Like the hockey puck that had the streak on it, which I thought Awful. was a good idea, but Awful. like for some reason, I guess you know people who watch the game were just like, I'm not a moron. I can see the black thing on the white <laughs> ice. Can I yeah. you just not turn me into a complete moron here? And I know that Ovechkin doesn't hit it that fast, you know, like to put a like the flash streak behind it, so it just like <laughs> kind of looked dumb. This was amazing. I mean, this seriously was amazing. It was done right. It didn't make it look stupid. It really helped you see where you were on the field. It did take away the fun of, I don't know where they are, and that's kind of cool situation. But, you know, it was really an amazing piece of technology. We've had two of them now this year. The, the somehow getting the mics on the golf course during the U.S. Open by Fox, so you could hear the caddies and the players talking. That yeah. was amazing this year. And virtual numbers by NBC. Golf clap to both of them for figuring that out. That was unbelievable last night. If you want to blow your mind, um, other than hanging out with me on a Sunday night and whatever I get up to, uh, you should go back and watch on YouTube, like the old broadcast from like the 70s or even the 80s. When you and I grew up in the 80s and you see like the, you know, what that broadcast brought to the table. And it was essentially just some, you know, some images of, you know, like the score. And that was really about it. The clock, everything that they've added to the broadcast, they work on this stuff so hard to make it better. Everything. You're right. They don't get it right every single time but i love that there is a serious industry effort to be like what can we do to make this thing better and i you know with baseball with all the stuff where they have like the the strike zone that you can see where every pitch went they've got pitch counts up there all the kind of information you want all the graphics you want all that kind of stuff again you go back and watch a game from like 1985 you're like it's impossible to watch it for more than about five you're like what the hell's going on there's no information here and i can't see anything it's just terrible really i I was i was stunned by it i I, so i huge applause to nbc i i can't believe they pulled that off it looked great and they they did a reveal of it that was really really amazing they like did a wide shot of the field and they had al michaels basically set it up and they're like here's the field and here it is with these crazy numbers and i was like wow it was like a magic trick that popped up i was like wow that is unbelievable that they did did that here's the thing that's even more unbelievable i'm actually surprised the nfl is allowing this to happen the movie concussion is either out or is coming out really soon and it is about the concussion um uh controversy i guess would be the best way to put it um i'm not even sure it's a controversy anymore everyone is aware that when big people ram their heads into one another they get sick later in life i, I don't see i don't know how this is a controversy but apparently people didn't realize the ramifications of hitting each other in the head so many times uh, duh but still i whatever it, it's out now everyone knows that there's a lot of players that are getting sick and, and they made a movie out of it will smith is starring in it I think Luke Wilson plays Roger Goodell, if I've seen the commercials correctly. And it is clearly about the NFL's cover-up of the concussion issue and when they knew and for how long they knew and what they've done about it and the safety advances. And this movie is probably going to do relatively well. Here's what I am shocked by. That commercial for that movie 
is playing during NFL broadcasts. In fact, it was the last commercial right before the opening kickoff. I watched the Giants and Redskins yesterday. It was the last commercial before the opening kickoff of the game. So 30 seconds before the game starts, that's when that aired. And then I happened to notice it. I don't know if it was halftime or the third quarter. It ran again during Sunday night football, the Patriots and the Broncos, which is going to clearly get an enormous you know, audience because it's Sunday night football and the Patriots are part of it. I can't believe that the NFL hasn't stepped in. I guess they kind of can't, but I'm a little surprised the NFL has not stepped in and said, this is a little inappropriate to be playing this ad during what is really our time here because this is not something that as they like to put protect the shield no i i don't know what they're able to do but their relationship with each of those broadcast networks i would think that they i i would think that there was a large discussion about that and it's like you can't air these commercials during our game this is this is bad business for us and, you know, I, I don't know whether you want to say kudos to the network for saying, hey, man, we're going to do what we do. But I'm, I am stunned that the league allowed that to happen because it's – league's got a lot of power and a lot of clout. And I think – remember the, the, the leaks into the – it was Sony. Remember the, all, all the stuff that came out when Sony was hacked last year? Yeah. Weren't some emails released that saying the NFL was like there was the between the NFL and Sony and Sony was like, yeah, we got to soften up this picture a little bit because we don't want to piss off the NFL. So I know the NFL exerts all this amazing influence in corners that you wouldn't think they'd be able to. So how do these commercials get on the air in the middle of their marquee games? I I don't know. I was really surprised. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what happened. There was a lot of rumors about what happened with the Dateline ESPN concussion special that did air um, on PBS but did not air on ESPN and then ESPN suddenly dropped out of being a partner in it and there was a lot of discussion about you know were they basically browbeaten into dropping out of it and I don't know I don't know for a fact what happened there but I do know that ESPN last minute got away from it and so I'm surprised you know granted this is a major motion picture but it's a major motion picture that is not going to paint the NFL in a very positive light at all clearly the name of the movie is concussion and every Every clip I've seen of it is Roger Goodell, like, lying on the stand, you know, at, like, congressional hearings and Will Smith crying about the truth, you know, about how head injuries, how long have you known about head injuries. So clearly this movie is not going to paint the NFL in any kind of, like, positive light at all. I can't believe that they didn't stop the networks from airing it during the NFL. They can't stop them from airing it at some other time, but during but the during actual the NFL broadcast, and this right. is, and this was on enough that I saw it numerous times during the NFL broadcast, I can't believe it. Well, let me ask you this. And remember the game that they broadcast on Yahoo earlier this yeah. year? You think the NFL's like, great, you want to play those games? Fine. Guess what? We don't need you guys anymore. We're going to stream all of our games, and we'll be just fine. Do you think they ever? You think that's part of like the back and forth of these guys? You want to know what I? You, I don't know. I, I, I just. I guess you know if the relationship is truly just a relationship, and these these networks are buying the time, and they're spending billions of dollars for it. They're buying the time. It is within their rights to put whatever advertising, I guess, that they want. Absolutely. On it. Absolutely. You know, they have no issue. Uh, the NFL has no issue with showing a uh, copious amount of beer ads, you know, and they know young people are watching. So that's irresponsible on some level to be like, sure. here's all the Budweiser and Miller Lite ads. Not, not that I'm saying that bothers me all that much, but no one seems to take issue with the idea of the amount of alcohol consumption and alcohol ads that are on during the NFL broadcast or the daily fantasy stuff that is on there that there's in debate whether it's gambling or not. No one seems to take issue with that being on copious amounts of times during the NFL broadcast. I'm just surprised they didn't step up and say, whoa, 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 this is not something that we want to be associated with clearly because it's not part of our brand and that they didn't stop them. But I guess they kind of can't. If, if the major motion studio is going to put up that kind of money to put that kind of ad by, who are the networks to turn it down? Well, if there's one group out there that can do battle with a, a group as large as the NFL, it's the movie industry. I <laughs> so guess. Guys are like, really? That's a nice little thing you got going there, that neat little game. But we're, you know, we're just as big as you guys, if not bigger, and we're going to do whatever we want. So I'm I'm surprised. You know, you know what the next step is. You know what I think is going to happen soon, really soon, if this continues. What's that? They're going to start cutting away quickers from injuries. You're going to stop seeing them. Yes. 
Yeah. I, I'm surprised you, you, we still see, like, leg injuries or cramps or whatever, you know, and you see the guy get up and walk off and all that stuff. I think that that's going to be kind of okay, but I'm waiting for the day that when people get knocked out, you're not going to see it, that they're going to ask the networks cut away from it. It's amazing, though, because your first reaction after it is you're like, well, what happened? What happened? I got to see that. And then you see it, and you're like, oh, Jesus, I didn't need to see that. But it's always like that second look, and then you hear the visceral reaction from the broadcasters like, oh, you see, you see the shot to the head, and that's why he's down right now. And you know, uh, it, it seems, I don't know if you could put that toothpaste back in in, in the tube at this point. Uh, I, think I don't know. I mean, like, I think I don't know. It's a good question, though. I mean, I think yeah. they're probably regretting that they ever allowed them to be showed to the extent that they've allowed them to be showed all along, based well, on what everybody knows about the injuries now and what the ramifications are. Well, I'll, t- um, I'll tell you what. The the one thing that they don't want is they don't want. What was the kid? Was it Case Keenum? Was that the quarterback the, yes. like, the other week? Yeah. yeah. They don't need that film ever because no. it was, that's no. like the this worst. was like what was. It was like that Michigan thing a year ago, and this right. is not the NFL. This was college, where that kid was like couldn't walk, and somehow was in the next play. Right, it's and, like, Bra- and people were going up to Brady Hoke, going like, "What is wrong with you?" Yeah, like like this guy was stumbling. Like, what in the world would you think that he should be playing a football play next? Like, sit him down. <laughs> like when the offensive lineman picked up, he grabbed the jersey of Keenum. It was like yeah. he was picking up a rag doll. I mean, I he know. was. It was like, oh my god, get this guy off the field now. So, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, one other note that I wanted to talk about, and it's in conjunction with this, with the networks. Um, I read this story, and, and everyone's making a lot about the fact that ESPN had a lot of layoffs, and clearly you know, the business, di- business dynamic has changed because of cord cutters, basically. And Disney stock went down a little bit um, over the past week or so because the filings recently showed how many people are now not subscribing to cable any longer. And it went from $99 million to $92 million in a span of two years. That's a large percentage of people that are, that are turning off cable and going to other means. It's not that they're not watching ESPN. They're just not watching it in those devices any longer. But because of the high subscriber fees that are associated with being part of cable packages or cable bundles or satellite television, that is going to change the dynamic. Most of the offerings that ESPN has on mobile or on ESPN Now or that type of stuff is free to the public. Where they make the majority of their money is linear television still um, in the subscriber fees. And as that goes down, therein lies all of the cost-cutting changes that have occurred in Bristol. The part that I took issue with when I read the story was ESPN you know, lost this amount of subscribers. Why doesn't it say every cable network lost this amount of subscribers. This affects everybody. Right. I don't really understand how this is exclusive to ESPN. CNN lost 7 million people then. Fox News lost 7 million people then. CNBC lost 7 million people then. It's it's interesting to me because I, I think people just like to, and, and listen, I'm a former employee and people expect me to be mad about ESPN. I'm not. I left on my own accord. Um, I felt that that type of story was so unfair because it was pointed at them as if like, oh, my God, they're in trouble. So is CNN then. If, if this is that means seven million people aren't watching CNN anymore or paying whatever the subscriber fee is to CNN. Yeah, it's it's like everyone has an axe to grind with ESPN. So it's like, oh, let's hold them out. They're the only ones that are down. But in reality, when you and I have talked about this a bunch of times. Uh, that this is a, a changing broadcast world and people are getting their news and their information and their entertainment in a whole bunch of different ways that they, they weren't able to before. And the business models of all these networks are struggling to keep up with it to try and maintain whatever kind of you know listenership that or, or viewership that they've had before. And and it, it ain't just ESPN. It's everybody is trying to struggle with the new model. Although I think, in all honesty, I think the Hustler Network, started by Larry Flint, I think they're actually, their listenership they're and viewership has increased. Yeah, they're, yeah up, they're up a little bit. Up 80 yeah. million people over the last <laughs> two months. Amazing right. since they lost. So go figure. Yeah. So, you know, so you just don't know. But I just, I just felt like that was that one was so unfair. It would like, it's like somebody with an to grow. I'm sitting there going, but this affects every cable network. Like, yeah. why would you write that this, why would you even suggest you're like, oh, the ESPN, the downfall of ESPN? Guess what? That means 7 million people less are watching their competition. Okay. Yeah. So, like, the competition, which is miles behind them and will never catch them also lost a large percentage of potential viewers when this happened. Yeah. It's probably somebody from Fox. 
Sports was like, hey, let's release this story and <laughs> crush ESPN. Yeah, just That'll do us tell justice. them that. Like, yeah. uh, yes, because yeah. ESPN <laughs> spends more money than all of these other places, and therefore, and right. because they laid off people because they're a, a, a gargantuan company, like they had to lay off people because of the changing dynamics of the business relationship that they have with their subscribers, with the contracts that they're putting out for these leagues and their games. So a lot of it is changing now, but they're going to shift over to all the new technologies and somehow we're going to pay for it. I don't know how, but we're going to end up paying for it because we're not paying for it the way we used to. And I figure within what, 10, 15 years, no one's going to have cable television anymore. That's going to be a total thing of the past. I am still trying to figure out how we get to that point, but I know we're going to get to that point where cable television is completely gone, and I really can't get my head around that because it's been a part of my life since as long as I can remember, but that's going to happen. There's never been a better time to be an NFL fan. You can watch every game on Red Zone, follow players on Twitter, and win cash competing in one-week fantasy football on FanDuel. Now when you use my code TALKING, your first tournament is risk-free. That's any contest offered on FanDuel for up to 10 bucks. If you win, you keep the money. If you lose, FanDuel will refund your account, guaranteed. FanDuel is the best place to play one-week fantasy football. Building a team is easy, fun. Just pick up your players, stay under the cap. Entry fees start as low as $1. They also offer the NBA, NHL, so you can play fantasy sports for real cash any night of the week. And FanDuel's not just for large tournaments. You can set up a private league. You can play against your friends anytime, anywhere. To get started, go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code TALKING and sign up now. Here's the great new offer for my listeners. If you enter a league and you don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. That's any contest you want, up to 10 bucks. You can sign up on FanDuel.com using my code TALKING then make a deposit and choose your league. And if you don't win, you'll get that money right back in your FanDuel account. The only way to get this no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com. Click the microphone. Use my code TALKING. FanDuel.com, where it can finally pay to be a fan. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Try it out today. Daily fantasy players and season-long fantasy warriors. We have the podcast you need on the SI Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael Beller cuts through the noise, delivers two weekly episodes chock full of fantasy ratings and news. The show has one goal, to get you the prize in your fantasy league. Don't get left out. The SI Fantasy Football Podcast with Michael Beller. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and SI.com backslash podcasts welcome back to talking heads bram weinstein in my basement in connecticut mark stern is in washington uh dc the miami dolphins uh ended up being a train wreck uh this year and um they were the ones that got the free agent prize and dominic and sue they paid him a ton of money to leave detroit and come to miami I, it was either the richest or one of the richest um uh contracts for any player defensive player in the history of the league, and and you know, I I think his play warranted it to some degree, but those never work out to the degree of where he becomes a game changing person, unless you're a quarterback. It just it never works out that way. But still, they went out, they did it, they brought him in, and here they are. They're a train wreck. They've already fired their coach, and they're now on another crazy losing streak where they're getting blown out every single week. And their defense, which was supposed to be good and already was before he got there, and now anchored by him, has been really poor. Um, this season and he went out after the game against the Jets yesterday and actually said um, that a number of the players in his locker room aren't good enough to play with him that (laughs) he is going to be this is the true part he's going to be there for a long time they can't cut him he's he's too big of a cap number for them to kill so no matter how they feel about him they can't cut him so he's going to be here and he basically said you people need to get better or you need to get out of here because you're not good enough to be in here with me how about that? I've got his exact quote here from uh, reported by Ian Rappaport. Uh, this is what Sue apparently said. I'm told he told him, I run this defense. I'm going to be here for the next five years. There's no guarantee any of you will be as well. Only a handful of guys are good enough to play with me right now. He also said the schemes were not good enough. The techniques were not enough. And everyone needed to be better. He said, follow me. Now, the great thing is after Rappaport published these on uh, then Sunday night, uh, Sue went to Instagram, and I guess he was not happy with Rappaport and said he misrepresented whatever he was trying to say and said the moment you start arguing with an ignorant fool, you have already lost. So he's suggesting, like Durant, the reporter, is just wrong here and took his words right. out of context. Yeah. What exactly—I I love when this happens because I go, <laughs> well, what did you mean then? Because it seems yeah, yeah. to mean exactly what was written down. As long as he said it, I believe I understand yeah. what he meant by that. 
He really does not seem he. You know what? I'd love to see a team with him and Albert Hainsworth on it together. Oh, I'd like God. to see how that locker room. And by the way, you talk about a huge contract for a defensive player. How did that work out for the Washington Redskins? Well, but at least this guy tries. Okay, That's this guy true. tries. Hainsworth no. stopped trying the second he got the money. <laughs> Hainsworth, Hainsworth basically robbed the Washington really Redskins did. of about or whatever they ended up giving him about fifty, sixty million dollars before they actually were able yeah. to cut him. Um, he robbed them. Sue is trying here, and I actually. On some level, I actually appreciate that he did this, that he came out and he said, this is unacceptable because, you know, what would be worse. The hundred and fifty million guy, whatever he got yeah, going. Yeah, whatever. Eh, We're having whatever. fun. Just a game, guys. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. No. Yeah. No, he said, I didn't come. He's basically saying, I didn't come here to be on this shit team. <laughs> so wake the fuck up. And you know what? I, I actually appreciate I just, that because he, I'm used to him. And this is a guy who played for the Lions, for crying out loud, who's like, I thought I left the Lions. Apparently, you guys are worse than the Lions. And he's used yeah. to stomping on people. He's stomping on his own team right now. And I actually appreciate it. He's sitting there going, you guys paid me to come down here and and be a part of the answer for you. And these guys suck. So if these guys don't stop sucking, we're going to suck. I appreciate it, actually. I don't, maybe I don't appreciate how he said it, right. but I appreciate that he actually did it. And if I was a Dolphins fan, I would go, thank God this guy cares, and he's not just cashing a massive check going, I like living on South Beach, and I don't care that we stink. I agree with you. I like what was said. I don't like how he said it. And because it's in Dominican Sue, who isn't exactly... You know, when you look up great leaders, you know, you can see Winston Churchill, Teddy Roosevelt, Tom Brady. You don't see Indomitian Sue up there as a great leader. And when he says this sort of like calling people out, it's just the way he did it. It's just it's poorly. I guess I but I'm listen, I'm on Team Sue on this one. I'm on I'm Team Sue. I'm <laughs> okay. like, you know what? These guys right. have stunk and they, they stunk so bad they had to fire their coach. And it's not yeah. like, you know, like the Jets are world beaters, even though they're having a pretty good season here. You know, like this is a team that should be vying for a playoff spot, to be honest. And that's why he signed with them, not just for the money, but he signed with them because they have an opportunity and they've been awful. They're one of the biggest disappointments in the league. And I don't blame him. And I'm happy that someone who makes that kind of money cares enough to go. This is bullshit. And you guys need to play better. <laughs> I like it. I appreciate it. Um so there's one threat. Here's another threat that, that um, I don't believe and don't appreciate at all. Jason Lockenfora, who's a friend, used to write for the Washington Post. Love now Jason. CBS. He's an insider. He's great. He, he reported that Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams, never talks to the media, so you never really know what he's doing. He, it's clear that he's been trying to move that team to Los Angeles. Stan Kroenke basically bought what was Hollywood Park, which is the racetrack out near um, the old Fabulous Forum in, in Inglewood, and they're going to use that land to redevelop into a whole center. And it was going to be um, commercial properties and residential properties and high-end stuff. And also on that land was going to be a stadium where presumably the Rams are going to play. And he's going to build this and develop it, so it's probably not going to be a tremendous amount of taxpayer money that goes into it, or at least that's what they thought. Lock and Fora reports that Stan Kroenke has basically told L.A., if you don't build me a billion-dollar stadium out there, I guess on this land that he owns, then I'm going to move the team to either Denver or London. Oh, okay. That is one of the dumbest threats I've ever heard. And if I was the city of St. Louis, I would be on my belly laughing at the ridiculousness of a threat like that because he's not taking that team to either one of those places and everybody on earth knows that. Yeah, uh, there is actually another team in Denver that does okay. I don't think the market can sustain needs to sustain another NFL team there. I think they would hate that team. It would be like, oh, it's the yeah. Broncos and you're not the Broncos. <laughs> That's what they exactly. might as well call them. We're not the right. Broncos. Yeah, the other douchebags who just moved the to town. They should have like neon pink and neon green as their colors because they would be that much of outcasts. In London, really? Uh, London's I mean, going to get a team. Here's the problem. Everybody knows the league is not prepared to move a team there yet. So right. he can threaten that, but the league won't let him go there. No. no. Not and now. Just, yeah, not now. So, yeah, good, good, good work there, Rams. I, yeah, they're, they're going back to Los Angeles. Uh, they're gonna, I, I assume they're going to work that out, and he'll be, he'll be there. But Ooh, I don't what, think what, so. That sounded like to me that the Rams aren't the team that are going to Los Angeles. He's pissed off about the whole thing, and he's stuck in St. Louis. I think that's what's going on here. Well, then who's going to move to L.A.? Because somebody's going to L.A., right? 
I think San Diego. Oh. I think definitively San Diego is going, and I think the Raiders are a distinct possibility too. But I think wow. now the tea leaves say to me because somebody's going there, and it might be two teams. It's either the Raiders or the Chargers. Now that is starting yeah. to become obvious to me that that is happening. The Rams, I think, are the ones getting shut out of this whole thing, and that's why you're hearing this like veiled threats, like, "Oh, well, we're going to move to London or Denver." No, you're not. Try something else, buddy. No one, everybody on earth knows you're not going to either one of those places because the league won't let you go to either one of those places. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing your Halifax Rams. All right. right. Good luck. <laughs> I remember it was last year the Raiders threatened to move to San Antonio. No, they're not going no. to San Antonio. No. The league isn't going to let them move to San Antonio. It's not yeah. happening. So I, I love it when teams try to threaten that. The threat of Los Angeles is a real one. The threat yes. of moving a second team to Denver, who do you think, I'm stupid? Like, do you really think I would believe that that's no. what you're going to do? You're not going to do that. The other one, um, and lastly, I have to get to this because Mark's so in love with this. I am too. Um, <laughs> How can you not love this story? It's so great. This is amazing. Um, Tim Tebow apparently is the real deal. Like, he is saving himself for marriage. He's the real deal. Because, uh, I guess this is if you believe the, the tabloids, um, he... His girlfriend, who's, I think, Miss Universe uh, or Miss America or something like that. Former Miss USA. And I want to say she was also she, she a was Miss in Universe. the Miss Universe pageant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. was in the Miss Universe pageant. Olivia Culpo. Miss USA never wins that. They, 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 don't, they don't like us around the world. They'll never vote for Miss USA. Right. <laughs> Even though. <laughs> There's no way. Olivia Culpo is her name. And, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, she's a former Miss USA. She's ridiculously hot. I mean. Well, of course. She's rid- Miss USA. Ridiculously hot. And I love this story because you're right. It appears as if Tebow is not just talking the talk, he's walking the walk. There is no premarital making of the sex, okay? That's right. Right. It's like, no, we can hold hands. I can write you cute love notes, but we're not going to make sex. And and apparently he's been dating this chick, Culpo. I shouldn't say this chick. The former Miss USA, Miss Olivia Culpo. Hey, who's this chick, Culpo? Hey, who's, hey, Culpo. This, who's this broad Culpo, right? Hey, broad Culpo, what's up with you? <laughs> They've been dating. Hey, so, you want to make the sex? I'll make the sex. Hey. Forget that Tebow clown. <laughs> hey, get over here. Hey, Culpo, get over here. I'll show you how it's Hey, done. you horny? Get over here. I'm ready. Come on. <laughs> I love this. They've been dating since October. So this is not like they've been dating for like six months. This is like Great. maybe a month and a half tops, right? Because we're just in december now and she's like i gotta break up with you man i can't i can't handle this i can't handle the fact that we're not having sex i love that I love, yeah, that's, she's that's like, the reason right she's like i gotta have it and you're not the giving reported it up reason is she so she didn't believe him she she right. thought she could crack she's like i miss usa right obviously he'll have sex with me right there's no way he could stop himself and i would say in 99.999 percent of the like um Examples. She's right. Yes, <laughs> she yeah. found the one, including she found like, the one. In fact, I don't even know this. If she went over to like the Vatican, I'm sure there's a lot of guys would be like, you know, it's been a good run for me at Catholic Church, but come on, it's a Miss USA. I'm gonna go with this for a little while and just see where it takes me. Okay, but Tebow, no, he's like, no, man, this is my path. This is what I'm doing, and you're 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 a great kid, Olivia. I love you, but this is who I am. And she's like, screw that. I need to get me some, and I need to get me some now. Yeah. I mean, there are so many guys that are like, oh, my God. Right. There is an extremely horny Miss Universe. Right. It is like really, really hot to trot right now. Right. The (laughs) best job in the- Amazing thing ever. Oh, my God. The best job in the world right now is the rebound guy from that relationship. She's like, all I want to do is have sex with you for like a couple of weeks, and then I'm going to be done with you. Be like, that sounds great for me. I'll just take a little leave of absence from work. You can do whatever you want with me. Honestly, this is the most impressive thing Tim Tebow's ever done. It's impressive. Forget the Heismans. Forget the national championships. Forget trying to make it in the NFL. Forget forget all of it. Forget all the work he does, all the missionary stuff he does. This is incredible. The willpower displayed to turn down Miss Universe, like however many times he turned her down when she clearly was like, no, we're doing this. Right. Is unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, forget concussion the movie. They ought to do Tebow the movie. 
and it's G-rated. I mean, <laughs> when unbelievable. When she comes over to his apartment for the first time, and he's like, "You want to sleep over?" And it's like the movie Big with Tom Hanks, and he's got like bunk beds. <laughs> She's like, "I'm not understanding any of this. <laughs> Let's, aren't we going to do this right now?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, we'll play pinball. It'll be fun. Come on, you know." I, I, yeah, I mean. Listen, I, I literally don't know how he does that. No, I have no idea. I think it's like a magic trick. Uh, I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does that. Well, uh, clearly, I, I am not a man of conviction <laughs> at all because I would roll over. I mean, I would never. Gandhi make... doesn't have that kind of conviction. Yeah. Nobody has that kind of conviction. That's what I'm saying. He's the real deal. Like this is this is not this is he's he's a unicorn. It's like you're okay. looking at a mythical creature here. This all is right. not real. I, I listen. I love Tebow. I am on Team Tebow. I do so love I. him. I do love him. I've I've always there's, I've always sort of thought you know what I love just the sort of the genuineness of this guy. But even I right now am saying, listen, man, that's okay. It's great that you're a man of conviction. It's great that you got these standards and ideals. But you know what? Can you just make the sex with her just the one time? Just to make her happy. For the the love of humanity and manhood. Right. You have to do it. You you, you just have to. You're like, you are with everyone's fantasy. Right. Do you understand what's happening here right now? And you're going, nah. Nah. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, I, I think a fun night with her would be to play Parcheesi and drink tea. I, I would do that, too, but there would have to be a lot of nudity and sex involved as well. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I, I am impressed, but also uh, just a little bit let down. I think when you're, when you're standing at the plate for that, you say, you know what? It, it's not like he's 14 or 12 and he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to save myself. Come on, man. You know, step up to the plate. This is you're you're doing this for all of us out there, man. There are a lot of fourteen year olds that are sitting here going, though. They're like, I would do it with my substitute teacher, <laughs> let alone Miss Universe. So right. uh, don't think we're so dumb, right? So so hopefully <laughs> the next time we meet, Bram, uh, you know, I'll be like. And by the way, Bram, when I meet my my girlfriend Olivia, she's yeah. we can only stay for a second because she's she, really excited she, to get back to the hotel. She's a mix. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Culpo, you like doing it, huh? Hey, all right, come on over. Hey, I'm no Tebow. I'm ready, baby. Hey, yeah, Tebow, you like them apples? Look at that. Hey, I got your Tebow, girl right look now. Look what you're missing, <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Tebow's sitting there going, talk to me after you die, pal. You're not going to like what you see. Yeah, well, you know what? I was going there anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I know it's too late. It's too late for me. Hey, you're cool, Paul. You you busy? Come hey, on over. Culpa, hey, I got what you need right here. Right I got, here. I got what you need. Don't worry about it. No Tebow's over here. Don't worry about it. No Tebow. Oh my God. Ain't no Tebow in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not busy trying out for the Patriots. Don't hey, worry got, about it. I got nothing. I'm sitting here Holy thinking cow. about you, babe. That's all I got. Oh man. Whew, what a great. legacy that is, man! Oh man! Oh man! I, yeah. I give. I, I'm team. I am Team Tebow because if you have that kind of conviction, you're just an unbelievable person. You I really just wish are. He, just to believe to have any level of belief to that degree and be tested that way. You're amazing. I just wish that like Derek Cheater, who has one of the all-time great resumes when it comes to women he's dated. I just want him to like be in like a green room at like you know the Jimmy Kimmel show and he'd be like. Seriously, dude? Seriously? You know, you didn't with the Miss Universe? That would be a good point-counterpoint for Players' Tribune, which is run by Jeter, or he's right. a major investor. That'd be a good point-counterpoint. Tebow, why I will not sleep with any of these people, and Jeter, why I slept with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That I would read. That oh, would be brilliant. Oh, God. Are you kidding? Yeah. I would frame that. That would be the most yeah. amazing story ever. But there you go, Players' Tribune. You Pay me later. That was a good idea for you. Get on that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, we're done here. Culpo, if you're if you're not too busy, come on over, baby. <laughs> I got it right hey. here, Culpo. Hey, Culpo, my basement's free. Come on, <laughs> come on over. No Tebow. Don't worry about it. He doesn't come to Connecticut. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Have a good week. See ya.